Oh, I love when that beat drops. It means it's another episode of The Make. And uh, today is a fun day. It's a great day. Um, man, I'm so excited because, uh, one, it's another episode of The Make. We are back in large and in charge. And if you know about The Make, The Make podcast is all about going from Sunday taking to everyday making. And uh, I got my co-host extraordinaire right next to me, Amanda Nelson. How are That's you? the nicest thing you've ever said on That's this podcast. True. Just give it a few minutes. It'll change. <laughs> I promise it'll change. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I love hosting with Amanda. We have a good time in here. It's a lot of fun. Yep. Um, and I'm really excited because our speaker from this last weekend, uh, my friend, you guys met him on stage this last weekend, Chris Rusin from Phoenix is here with us today. Hello, um, And so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you, you know what? I'll give you a little, little, yeah. little hand clap with the beat. Um, we're so glad you're here with us, man. Um, by the way, first of all, great job this last weekend on closing out our churches left the building series. Um, for those that don't know, Chris, Chris, you were the lead pastor at Lincoln Heights Christian church up in the Phoenix area. You have a wife and four daughters. You know what? I I do. I know all those girls. (laughs) Hashtag blessed. (laughs) Hashtag something. Hashtag (laughs) Hashtag sponsored by a lot of weird things in life, right? I mean, I'm a dad with only two daughters. I'm half the man you are. And uh, man, there's some things I never thought I'd buy, do, or say. I was just going to say, the grocery store trips are very interesting. You know what? I, I don't know about you. I'd never... It's like I have five wives, really, instead of just you know, you one or wow. four daughters. Wow, five I just wives. Have people yeah. telling me what, what to do and buy day. it all the time, yeah. and I just say yes. Yeah, you got it. See, yes, yes. Smart. as you wish. I say yes, dear, whatever you, you want. That's yep. right. You guys are um, trained well. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Have you met my wife? <laughs> you have met my wife. Um, she's Italian and can bury me in the river. Oh, I love so it. thankfully, we don't have water in Arizona. So she <laughs> just puts me just puts me in the wash. I'm just standing there in concrete shoes. Like, am I gonna help me out before? No, um, so Chris, real quick, like we, we have been friends now for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Cal Jernigan on Sunday and, um, you and I have been in his mentor covenant group for the last decade together. Uh, Cal preached here a few months ago and our people love Cal and we love Cal. Um, but this isn't the Cal podcast. This is the Chris is here podcast today. <laughs> and, uh, so give us a little bit of your history. Just how'd you get in ministry? We heard Sunday, how you met your wife. Um, how'd you end up at Lincoln Heights, which it did, was I right when I said Lincoln Heights is the oldest Christian church in the Phoenix area? Yeah, that's is that that's right? correct. 133 uh, years old. Wow. Ooh, you said 125. It's even older. Wow. You look good for that age. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You've been that, that mustache okay. is, is held up really well. Um, <laughs> uh, so just give us a little bit of your history and ministry, maybe your yeah. journey to Phoenix and all of those things. So, uh, grew up in Orange County, California. And uh, just just love SoCal was great. Um, started going to church around 13 years old to Eastside Christian Church. That that I've only had two churches in my life. That was the that was the one I was introduced to. Um, I started going to uh, to youth group there. Loved my youth pastors. They're amazing people. I had multiple of them. They're all great. Uh, I just felt like you know what they they inspired me. They encouraged me. And I thought, well, what do I want to do with my life? I wanted to be like them. I want to be a pastor. So. I went to school. I went to Zusa Pacific University. Uh, started volunteering at the church. And when I graduated with my bachelor's, they're like, "Hey, do you want to work here?" I'm like, "Okay." Then started <laughs> started working there. Sure. Yeah, with junior hires and high schoolers. Ended up in youth ministry there for 13 years, and it was amazing. I just just loved it. Great church. Um, somewhere right, right, right around, I turned 30. And I felt like I make I could maybe help uh, the church in other ways. I didn't want to always be a lead pastor. I wanted to be a youth pastor forever. But then I thought, well, maybe I can help more. So I went back and got my master's degree at Vanguard in Costa Mesa, and then sort of learning how to do the whole lead pastor thing. Gene Apple was incredible, just really taking me under his wing, kind of made a shadow role, role for me to learn from him for about six months. And then during that time, looking for a spot to serve at, 
found Lincoln Heights in Phoenix, got connected, and just been loving it for 13 years. Yeah, so you that's a giant leap that I, most of our listeners aren't going to understand how big a leap this is. Like, you've got Eastside Christian Church in Anaheim, now in five or six different locations around the country. Um, Gene Apple, who you and I know is one of the most prolific voices in our movement of mm-hmm. churches in this country right now. Um, then you go to Lincoln Heights. So at the time, I'm, I don't know, Eastside's probably running seven, eight, 9,000 people at the time. You mm-hmm. go from that to Lincoln Heights. So how big was Lincoln Heights when you got there? About 150. Oh. Thousand? Nope. Uh, people. That's Pe- it. 150 <laughs> people. And, and so I, I just want to brag on you a little bit, Chris, because you have... Uh, you've been really faithful and really visionary. Um, this church, I, I remember I remember all the crazy things you were going through as we kind of came in a relationship together mm-hmm. in navigating a, a church, honestly, that probably didn't have much vision when you got there. Um, and you've navigated vision to put them in a place of being a visionary church again. And uh, pre-COVID, you know, five, 600 people, then COVID hit and everybody, you know, we all wanted to jump off the ledge, right? Yeah. Um, but you guys have come back strong and resurgence and you guys are doing some incredible things in your community in the Phoenix area. Um, so I, I just want to give you props, man. Like I know there's guys that would have been like, I'm out. And, and, but you realize what you talked about on Sunday, I think is the DNA of your church is the church is not the building that people show up to. The church is the people that go out from that building Amen. into your community. And so you guys have done that really, really well. Um, I do want to lean into the message from the weekend, though. Uh, Amanda, any thoughts that you want to lead in with on the message we want to unpack a little more today? I loved how you said the main mamma jamma. The main mamma jamma. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, in my head, I sang, it's a bad mamma jamma. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's where I went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 79% connected to a church because a friend or family invited them. I don't, I don't, I didn't know it. I don't like this stat. Well, because you like the other stat. No, no, I don't like the other stat either. The 6% or 8% that don't come because we're awesome. Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of glad that's the reason. Yeah. Thank God. We just talked about not about us a couple of weeks ago in this series. Um, and I think, I think a lot of churches think that, especially pastors, we, we got a little bit of arrogance in some of oh, us, yeah. right? That mm-hmm. they're coming because of me. Oh yeah. Uh, I hope they don't come because of mm-hmm. me because I'm going to disappoint you massively at some point by something I say, do, or don't say, or don't do. Um, how have you infused that, that piece right there of invite culture? Mm-hmm. Because that's our culture here is invite culture. How have you infused invite culture at Lincoln Heights? Uh, you know, it just, it just Casting vision and modeling it, and when you know when when people when you're around people outside the church, the building, or, or you're you know on campus, you're just you're just being nice. I mean, there's just it's really simple. Just just be like Jesus. Be nice to people. Love people. Ask about them. Don't don't make it be about you. Pour into them. Ask about their family and what what's going on in their lives. And all of a sudden, you see this connection occur. And and at our church, a big value is is that that word community and just being. Providing a safe place for people to connect. I really believe that whether you're a large church, a small church, a church in the country, or in the middle of the city, all humans want to connect. All yep. humans need community. And I think if you can make them or help them feel like they belong, that's exactly what Jesus would do. Yeah, well, that that's the whole art of the invite, right? Yeah. Like invite. We we talk about the invite culture here all the time. Yep. It, it's it's your one. We talk yeah. about your one each. There's not a weekend that goes by we don't talk about. This is for your one. We've mm-hmm. this is an opportunity to invite your one. This is a way to engage your one. Um, and our first invite is not to this building. Mm-hmm. We say that all the time. Like Amen. invite them into your life, yep. um, or invite yourself into theirs. Jesus did that a lot too. Like when he saw Zacchaeus, he's like, "Hey, I'm coming to your house for dinner." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Man, look at that! 
I mean, I need to start doing that. Totally. Like, I'm not inviting you over. I'm going to invite myself to your house. Hey, I'm coming to your house oh, for wait. dinner. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> I'll see. I'll check my calendar. No, no you won't. Love I'm coming. And we're coming tonight. Adam's we'll going to be like, Trevor's coming over. Oh, man. I will say he's invited me a few times that I couldn't come. And, I had uh, no idea about that. Yeah, he's invited me over for football on Saturdays so a couple times. I have times. not trained him well, obviously. Yeah. Actually, you've trained him fantastically. Um, he invited. I, I'm, one of these times, I'm just going to show up. Please. <laughs> just going to show it. up. And, okay. uh, I'll be busy. Yeah. Hot, hot mess over here. Be like, why are you at why my you house? Here? What do I do with my hands? I'm like, I'm here for like, Adam. Grab me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday, woman. Uh, I would never uh. say those things ever. Um, but I, I do think that art of the invite is, I think we talk a lot. We, I think us pastor types, we have vanity issues. Because we we want people to like us, and we want people to there, there's there is an allure to being able to preach the gospel, and gosh darn it, I want people to like me. Um, but I've kind of figured out too. I don't really care if you like me. I don't know if you're that way. I've gotten to that place where I'm like, I don't I don't need you to like me. I need you to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I may say some things you don't like, which will help you find the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I'm a little maybe it's just age. I'm at that place where I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm gonna preach Jesus. If you don't like Jesus, take it up with Jesus. But you guys are kind of. So the statistic is my friends or family, but I was invited. I had no idea about Pantano. I just moved back. And, but you are the reason we stayed. So you may not be the reason we came. We're not sitting mm. there going, oh, he looks cool. Sounds cool. But when we came the whole, well, not just you, but the whole experience. Right. So yeah, you may not be why a lot of people come, but your message and you being the ladder to God is why we stay. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think there's a whole lot of rungs on that ladder. Yep. You know, uh, preaching. Now, now there was a study a few years ago about surprised, uh, something, I can't remember the name, Barna Group put it out. Um, but the the number one stat of why people stayed in a church was for biblical preaching, mm-hmm. um, which all my worship guys were like, that's not fair. We're, and I'm like, okay, don't get, don't get all <laughs> upset because they didn't say music first. Um, I, I don't really care why they stay other than Jesus. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to have to put a dog and pony show on every week. That's not the point of the church. Yeah. Our point of the church is just direct you to Jesus. And I even talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Chris, about not about us. Um, I'm sure you've heard this. Well, Chris, if you're not preaching, we don't want to come this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've heard people say, hey, are you preaching this weekend? I'm like, why do you care? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, because if you're not preaching, we don't. I'm like, shut up. Stop yeah. saying that. Um, it, you know, I, and I primed it a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, I don't care if it's me, if it's Glenn, if it's Saul, if it's, uh, if it's Drew or Cal or you. I'm like... The reason they're here is because they probably have something you need to hear that is unique to what I can't say, mm-hmm. um, and and so it, it's it's not about us. So how do you, how do you deal with that a little bit with the, you know, the invite culture? Because a lot of times people are going to invite people to Lincoln Heights because you got to meet my pastor Chris, because mm-hmm. you're a nice guy and you're an awesome dude and you love people, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with people inviting them to meet their pastor. But how do you deal with that at a larger scale? There are so many challenges and opportunities when it comes to the subject. But one of the challenges is going to be the lead pastor. It's a challenge yeah. because you go, well, no, that's a good thing. It's like mm, our, our culture breeds narcissism in lead pastors. Absolutely. It breeds it. And, and not only is the youth, is the lead pastor feeling that way, or, or maybe some other, uh, you know, lead in front of, in front of people pastor, but the people also kind of, they're used to someone just kept telling them stuff and, being the representation of Christ for them in a lot of ways. And I mean, to me, a friend of mine told me this, this great point. It's, it's like back when the, the Israelites wanted a king. Like, we'd give us a king. And God's like, you don't need a king. You got me. Yeah. And they're, no, we want a king because everyone has a king. We need someone to represent us, see, you know, take care of us, keep us safe, do for us what we don't want to do for ourselves. And and God goes, okay, you're going to get this, but it, it, it's going to bring a lot of challenges. And 
in our culture, a lot of times the lead pastor is the king, and, and, and we got to just reject that and go, no, we're not the king. Jesus is the king. And, and if we can, how, again, that's the challenge, but the opportunity on the other side is saying, listen, Jesus is the king, and I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to show you how to do this. So I'm going to show you just what it looks like in Jesus' life, how, to, how he modeled it. I'm going to point you to Jesus. I'm going to tell you stories of my life and how, how I see this working out of being a person that, that reaches out to other people, who, who, who helps people feel like they belong, um, who's trying to create community. I just, I just feel like you have to take it off your shoulders and put it on ultimately uh, on, on the people and say, hey, listen, this is not something that, that Trevor or Chris is going to lead and we're going to be the ones only doing it. We're really here to serve and point you to Jesus, not be the kings, and you're the ones who are actually loving people in your lives. Yeah, and, I'm, not, I'm not the king. I'm the guy cleaning up the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is where all the crap is. Yeah. You know, you're in there cleaning up everybody's mess to get them to the king. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's huge, man. And I think that leans in really specifically to your message of helping people understand they belong. Yeah. Because if it's not about me... It's way easier for me to help you belong if it's not about me. And anyone can do this. Absolutely, anyone can, can make someone feel like they belong. I don't want to use the word make, but help people. Someone like help them feel like they yeah. belong. But but they, if they think to themselves, if the audience person or your your person in your church thinks, well, I'm not Trevor, I'm not Chris. Thank there's God. no way I can ever do Thank that. Thank God you're not it's, me. Exactly. <laughs> but there's this mentality of like they, they that's their thing. They're more religious. They're smart. They're better with people. I can't be a part of this kingdom of God thing. Wait, what's the like, smart thing you speak of? I've never I been accused of being that. that. I've never <laughs> been accused of being smart. <laughs> but, but if we could just say, like, no, if this is not some gifted uh, thing for a certain amount of people. We can all make, again, help, not make, help people feel like they belong. We can all help people do that. Well, I, I, I know you've edited yourself with that word make a couple of times. I think I think we have in some regards we have to make people feel like they belong because so many places have made them feel like they don't, mm. um, and, and so it's I can't force them to feel those things, but yeah. man, we can we can give an environment to go listen. I and I, again I think that you use these words. I, I heard it taught I think by Alan Hirsch, and then I then I heard it taught again by a friend of mine in the Dominican. Um, you know, the church has notoriously set itself up as if you if you behave like us and believe like us, we'll let you belong. Yeah. Jesus flips that on its head and he goes, you belong. Mm. And when you understand you belong, that's where you'll learn how to believe and your belief will lead to a change in behavior. Yes. And, and so often in the church, we expect people to walk in the doors and act like Jesus. I'm like, they don't even know who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. How can I expect you to act like Jesus when, when you don't know Jesus? Mm-hmm. So like I, f- funny story and I'll, I'll edit this story, but I was in starting point, uh, which here at our church, I'm sure you guys have something similar, right? Is Guests can come, first time guests on a Sunday. So I'm sitting at a starting point. And there's a guy here. He's been here for a while and kind of came out of a rough, rough background. And his mom's here. And I, mom doesn't know Jesus. And so mom's in starting point and she's just dropping profanity on me left and right, which I'm like, I can see our, like, our difference makers in the room are like, oh, like, what Hell is yeah. happening? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And, uh, and so she, her son kept going, mom, you can't talk like that to the pastor. And I'm like, I'm not expecting her to walk in here and act like she knows something that she doesn't know. Like her only way to describe her experience was to use the word she knows to describe something that's out of this world in her mind. And I'm like, I'm not offended by you. I'm not that. And that's the thing. I think we've got to get unoffended by everything in the church. Because I guarantee you, Jesus had people that came up to him and probably used some foul language. Yeah. 
I mean, he was accused of being a glutton and a drunk. Well, why was that? Because he was hanging out with some jacked up people, mm-hmm. man. Like he, it, today's verbiage, he was probably at the bar in the club, hanging out on a Friday night and probably engaging people that were in a mess, mm-hmm. you, you know? And yet we feel like if, if you walk into most churches in our country, a mess, that's why people won't go. Yeah. I think you said it in the message Sunday of, um, we should be a place where people come for help, but the statistic shows, was it like 2%, 2%. 2% of the people come to the church for help. And I'm like, how sad is that stat? Yeah, sad. Like my hope is that when you need help, the first place you go is the church. Yeah. Um, we may not be able to help every need, but man, we can direct you. We can get you in the right place. Uh, but I think there's so often that we, we think uh, that's that Messiah complex is the church, not just the pastors is the church. If we just invite people on the journey and show them an authentic Jesus, I think that that goes a lot further than I got all my stuff together. Well, if you go back to those three B's, you know, like the focus on changing someone's belief system or changing their behavior, you can, if you focus on those first two B's, you get very discouraged very quickly. Of just course. Like, I can't, I just feel like I can't do that. But what you can do is help someone feel like they belong. Absolutely. In well, your presence. And your first point was you initiate conversation. Yeah. So once you start that conversation, then it starts that movement. Well, conver- initiating conversation is better than behavior modification. Yes. Like if I'm trying to modify your behavior, I, that's shock therapy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've done in the church. We've sh- we've tried to shock people, guilt people into behavior modification. But if if my invite is you belong, mm-hmm. like I, I think it's I think that's the hardest job of the church in this culture now is convincing people that the church really does mean that hey, we love you enough, we let you belong here. Yeah, um, And that's our phrase we use a lot around here is we love you enough to let you come just as you are. We just love you way too much to leave you there. Yeah, um, But we love you enough to let you come as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, I, again, I think this is something even deeper systematically in you, Chris. This is why your church is so good at it is because I watch your family do this. Mm-hmm. Like you've got, uh, you know, we talked about your four girls and your wife. And is your, is your dog a male? I know they have, I have two uh, female dogs. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's I, that's what I like thought. That's, that's my, it's my world. But, um, you're like me. You live in the Estrogen Valley, bro. That's I right. get it. I, I live there. I, I take up a residence. Yeah, God's still good. Um, but here's what I love is I watch your and I, I know your girls are like my girls. Your your girls are not perfect, but your girls are all walking with Jesus and they're all helping other people do it. And they've seen that modeled by you and Hannah. Yeah, thank God. And and so I, how have you instilled in your family what you preach? Mm. Just be real with them. I mean, um, we, we say sorry. You know, when you, when you screw up. I mean, it's an honor to have them sit in in like the room and hear me preach. It's an honor. Yeah. Like to me, I go. You know, we don't make them do that, um, but they they see the real me. They see the real my wife. And when we make mistakes, you got to be able to say I'm sorry. You know, and 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 I think anyone can do that. We can all say I'm sorry to people that we've hurt. Yeah, and because and, and oftentimes we'll say, well, I can't speak anything positive into my family's life or friends' lives because, uh, because of my history. It's all messed up, or I'm not perfect. Just take a chill pill, chill pill and just realize none of us are perfect. Yeah. We all mess up. And if you can just remember that God loves you no matter what, and you're able to say sorry when you need to start, say sorry to people, and, and especially your kids, and then just keep moving forward, keep loving them, and don't ever, ever, ever be ashamed to point them to Jesus. Yeah. Not, and I would counsel you: don't point them to religion. Religion sucks. Yeah. It sucks the life right out of you. But a relationship with Jesus will give you life. Yeah. Well, and that—that's that. I think you hit on something that's been really key in our in our home. 
because uh, you and I, we, we know each other deeply. Um, and, uh, you know, I've had to learn to say I'm sorry to my kids. Yeah. And my dad, we've had this conversation. My dad didn't know how to say sorry in his generation. Mm-hmm. I, I joked with my dad when he had cancer, we were talking about this in the hospital. And I was like, Dad, you know how much money you could have saved had you learned two words when I was growing up? Because it'd always be like, hey, let's go play golf or hey, let's go do this. And I knew, I knew, you know, but, uh, and he laughed. And he was like, yeah, some, some things you learn later in life. And, but I, I learned because of my experience and I got a great dad. But the yeah, one thing do. I learned on the other side of that is, you know, with my girls, when I screw up, I'm quick to be like, you know what, dad, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, I shouldn't have blown up. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I, like, and unfortunately I have to say sorry a lot because I'm an, me too. I'm a slow study. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bonehead, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but again, I, I think modeling authenticity in front of your family. Uh, now that's not a hall pass to be an idiot all the time, mm-hmm. but it just, you keep saying sorry for the same thing over and over. Totally. They're going to stop here and I'm sorry and go, are you ever going to change? Yeah. Um, but the same thing's true of the church. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't want to, don't want to come to church because they've been hurt and the church has never told them they're sorry. And I think my first year here, I, it was really funny. I didn't realize subconsciously I was probably doing this from the stage. I mean, it was intentional, but somebody said to me about four months in, they were like, Hey, you've said from stage like four or five times that you're sorry for any of you that have been hurt by the church. And they said, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but thank you for saying that because I've got a lot of church hurt. And now here's the other side. I, I'm not going to live in church hurt. No. Because church hurt just makes you bitter. Yeah. Um, I want to be better. And, you, you know, you know some of my, you know all of my journey. Um, I came out of church hurt. And I, but I just refused to be bitter by it. Like, God gave me so much better, gave me so much more um, than what I ever could have asked or imagined or should have for that, mm. for that matter. Um, but the reality is, is that I think the church, there's some things we, we don't need to apologize for and people want apologies for. Um but the things we ought to apologize for, there ought to be moments where we go, you know what? You're right. We kind of screwed that up. Yeah. I mean, that's part of being, an, uh, again, simple things we learned when we were kids. Be nice. Be empathetic. Yeah. Understand where people might be coming from. And if someone is flippant with you or super defensive or attacking your belief system or your church or whatever, just calm down. Don't make it be about you. Yeah. And just remember that they probably have a valid reason why, they're, why they are react, reacting that way to your invite or to your... Yeah, any words about God at all, they have a valid reason. Well, they've, and, they've got some hurt in there somewhere. Yeah. And, just, and just be the person that says, you know, that understands like, okay, they're hurt and I'm so sorry. And you saying those words are so powerful. And anyone can say those words too. Anyone, any one of us believers can say to someone, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I, I know you probably dealt with some real hurt, hurtful things. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I want you to know that, that God loves you. He loves you. Well, I, I, I think I shared this story last week, maybe on the podcast. Um, there was a, there's a girl that works out at one of the golf courses here that I've gotten to know. She's cart girl. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, she, she said to me, I was in this golf tournament and she was a cart girl and she knows what I do. And I, I'm out there a lot. And she said, Hey, I want to talk to you at some point. I need to know how to find my higher power, mm-hmm. which I, she's an AA. She's seven months sober. Um, and I said, why don't you come hang out with me on a Sunday? She goes, I probably not going to do that. And I went, yeah. okay. I said, well, what will you do? I said, if I can engage you with a couple other ladies, would you do that? She goes, yeah, I would do that okay, let's start there. I know Christians that would be offended that she said no to going to church and they would have just gone, oh, I don't know what else to do for you. Yeah. But we got to get better than that. Yeah. Like I, and I know she's probably got church and religion hurt in her background. Like she feels like if I walked in here, that might not have a scarlet letter on my chest. Yeah. Um, and trying to help her understand that I'm inviting you into acceptance and belonging. I'm not expecting anything else out of you right now. 
And I think a lot of people expect something, like we want something in return when they show up. I, I think, and it's, that's why stories are important to share in, in our lives with other people. Not, not in, you're, you're, what you're doing is perfect, Trev. Like, and it's not coming across as a bragging way. We're not bragging we tell stories. We're, just, we're giving people coaching on how to do this. Because, right. because like Christians will be like, no, you're my king. You go do that. I'm the person that's come to church. I get the feeling, the positive feelings, and I leave. It's like, no, the king doesn't do all the work, you know, the, the, the lowercase king, uh, the pastors or the staff. No, it's, it's we, we are all citizens of this kingdom, and we're all the ones who are able to go out and, and love people. And, and, and one, one phrase that's helped me, and maybe it'll help you out there, listen, whoever's listening to this, is just, just, you, just call it out. Yeah, I think religious, religious uh, systems just suck. Like, I, I don't like religion at all. And then when it's really helped me when I lead with that, like, I think religion does suck. And I'll say that often at church, whenever I'm speaking from the stage, I'll say, I think religion sucks. I do it like often and it grabs people's attention. They're like, Whoa, wait, I thought, yeah, time out. Cause what it does, it puts you on a similar path with them and you're the same level. It's like, Hey, we both believe religion sucks. And then you transition from there. But a relationship with God is something so much better, so much deeper and it's something that I've really experienced as being something encouraging in my life. And, and, and hopefully, I think they'll hear that from, from you. And they, hopefully they, then they see it. Right. You, you modeling that relationship in front of them where they feel like they belong in your presence. Well, and the problem is now we live in a culture where we, we talked about this on last week's episode of, you know, there's all these church scandals. Right. And it, there was another one a week and a half ago. And, you know, I call them the Humpty Dumpty moments. Like... The problem is we've created religious systems that protect the narcissism of the church um, instead of creating churches that that re- exemplify the nature of Jesus. Yeah. And and I think they all started well intended. You never you never start a church that way. I, I very rarely do I think there's churches started out of unintended, like to be intentionally, you know, oppressive to people. Sure. But somewhere along the way, when you pedestal people, um, now you have to keep all of this structure in place. Um, you lose the art of the invite. People start inviting for you instead of for Jesus. Yeah. Um, that's why for me, I'm like, I love when we have people in town that are not me. Yeah. Just not about me. I, I love when people can invite and go, man, I don't know what's going to happen at Pantano, but this is what we do know. Mm-hmm. No matter who's on that platform, Jesus is going to be exemplified. Yeah. Um, now, I, it's okay to like preferential things in church. There's, there's certain preachers I'd rather listen to than others, but... Very rarely have I heard a preacher that I didn't prefer that I've not gotten something out of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, like, well, that, I don't like the style of their worship there. Okay, well, first of all, we're not here to worship you. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it's about you, um, I can worship with hymns. I can work with Celtic chants. I can worship with hip hop. I can worship with contemporary. I can worship with rock. Like, but it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the affection of people's worship. Um, I'm here to give affection to the one I'm worshiping. And again, when we make it not about us, yeah. it's so much easier to invite people into that. Yeah. And, it's, and again, we are, we are dealing, going back to challenges and opportunities, our challenge constantly is that we get ourselves into this machine that we call church. And, and it's, it's, it is a machine. And it really can, it can become that, where yep. it's just like the machine is, the first step, you come to our building, you listen to the speaker, you feel warm fuzzies, hopefully you come back, hopefully they, you give money, and hopefully you get in a group, and we're done. It's like, that's not, I mean, again, that's all machine centered upon, I think, a king, an earthly king system. Just, we don't need a king. We need Jesus. That's it. It's yep. just point, point people to Jesus, and whoever's on stage needs to be pointing people to Jesus. Whoever's in the crowd, quote-unquote, 
needs to be pointing people to Jesus. And part of the message on Sunday, I, I just feel like th- there's also this kind of movement of, I don't need to go to a church. Yeah. Like, I don't need to go to a church. It's just me and Jesus. And I want to be like, hmm. that's lame. Like, because I believe this church idea was created by Jesus, yes. not by some lowercase king that's, uh, you know, around the corner. Jesus made it up. It's his thing. And, and he knows what humans need. He knows because he made us. And he, he knows that we need to be in a community of people where we feel like we belong. And I just feel like what we can do as, as on any Sunday or any other day that we all meet together, that the church, um, that we realize that we need to bring people to experience uh, what, it, what it is to be in a group of people, almost, you know, church on Sunday. Because hopefully, what we people see at Lincoln Heights, for example, if you ever come, you know, we're in Phoenix, but we're very purple. That's why I say. We're not red. We're not blue. We're a purple church. You guys are bruised. And we, we are, and purple to me, it just signifies that we have people from all over, the, all over the, we look, we look like our community. And yeah. I feel like that is what you want to look like. You don't want to look like a certain, a cookie cutter type person. You want people walking in that look different. And then hopefully your friends and community see like, man, there's a bunch of like rando people here that do not fit. And, and to me, if that's said about our church, it'd be like, nailed it yep. because that's that is the world we we are we there's so many different people and only jesus can bring different people together under his banner and i think it speaks so much of his power when people see that and i think that's another reason why we need church we don't need just to be encouraged by the lowercase king on stage we need to go to the church on a sunday morning or whatever to to be reminded that only Jesus can reconcile people from different backgrounds. Yeah. And, th- and think about all the crap our world's going through. Right well, now. I mean, it, yeah. If you if you understood that we could all coexist under the name of Jesus, yeah. It, what, which you and I went to Israel together a couple of years ago, and, and Palestine. We yeah. we stood in both sides of this conflict. That's what I'm thinking. Um, about. And know. you know what's great? I remember when we sat in Bethlehem at the hookah bar. Oh, I love um, that. With Sammy Awad, and um, he's a Palestinian Christian. Who even his Israeli Christian brothers and sisters didn't want to accept him as a Christian because he was Palestinian. Yep. And, and I think about that, and I'm like, how? But even under the name of Jesus, they they were creating. Board. We do the same thing in our country. Totally. We we have we have Democratic Jesus and Republican Jesus. Yep. Uh, we we have Jesus that fits every socioeconomic place. Uh, but I would say this too, like I, like Pantano, you you've seen it. Like we we're a very diverse church. Oh my gosh, um, nailing it! I mean, there's nailing everybody it. from every walk of life walks in this place on a weekend. Um, but we look like our community. And if that, if you were point. if you were in the middle of Jasper, Indiana, and you mm-hmm. walk in, it's going to look like a like a lot of white farm people. Here's why: because their whole community is white farm people, and yep. it's so funny when people are like, "Well, they need to have more diversity." I'm like. They mm-hmm. look just like their community. Yeah. Yep. If you don't, but if you don't look like your community yeah. and you're just one subset of your community, um, and I, I, I still think the stat proves true. You've heard it that Sunday morning is still the most segregated hour in the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's still true to some regard, but I think that's changing. I think generationally now, like Gen Z, like our kids, mm-hmm. they're not content with that anymore. And they don't, they, they, and I don't like the phrase, we don't see color. We actually see color because color is beautiful. You've never totally. opened a crayon box and been like, now don't you see color? Yeah. Just see black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, you want color and you want totally. diversity. And I think we have a whole generation that loves the beauty of diversity, loves the beauty of, of different cultures and colors coming together. Um, and, and I believe that the future of the church is in really good hands. I like, I know we try to like bash that, mm-hmm. but I use my daughter as an example. She's a, 
1,900 miles away in Toledo. She has game night in her room once a week with friends that look completely different from her. And they have different backgrounds, and half of them don't know Jesus. And, um, you, you know, she's, she's engaged in all these things on campus, and I see pictures, and I'm like, oh, she's living out the gospel. It, you know, and yeah. it's like, and her friend group, they, they're not looking at color. They're not looking at creed. They're not even looking at religious background. Yeah. They're just going, Hey, come to my room and hang out. We're gonna play some games. Yeah. This, this, this generation is nailing it in that way. I think this generation gets the idea of belong. They yeah. get it. I, I, the only concern I have with this generation is though, they're maybe the reason behind that. Well, like there's, I, there's a belief in, in behavior piece that eventually has to follow the belonging. Yeah. It's, it's to me, I feel like it, what, what's negative is or not positive, let's say that way, is is I want to make you feel like you belong so that you accept me. Yeah. And then I, I'm not called out for some sort of weird um, weird title that I don't want to be associated with. To me, I feel like a positive reason for making people feel, helping people feel like they belong and is because Jesus helps me feel like I belong. Yeah. And it's like, I want to, I want to help you feel like you belong because he helps me feel like I belong. Yeah. And, but and I want but you to know Jesus that. and helping me understand I belong doesn't mean he accepts everything I do. He accepts me for who I am. And this is the thing about, about the word accept. Okay. And this is, I've learned this. This I'm giving my own, my own coaching. There's a difference between accept and agree. Correct. You can accept anyone for everything. Right. You say, I just accept you, but you don't need to agree. Correct. You can just say like, like, but, but also you don't need to call out those disagreements either. You can just provide a safe place and say, I accept you. And, and and like, it's like, you know, like, like I was at a baseball game last week, you know, D-backs and, and a couple of weeks ago, D-backs and, and Texas Rangers. And I got the privilege. Of you were at the World Series? Dude, I went. It was awesome. Dude. What? Yeah, thank God. That's amazing. I, was, I sat in the top highest, highest row. Who cares? And, um, but me and this Texas Rangers fan in front, of, in front of me, we were just enjoying the experience. Even though we had two different teams we liked. You know, it didn't matter. We just accepted. I said, but I don't agree with who you're rooting for. Exactly. <laughs> I yeah. Was like, I don't agree, but I, you know, we accepted one another yeah. and just had a conversation about life, family, kids, just in general. And I was like, you know what? This is how it should look in the real world. Just accepting people without having to agree with them. Right. And, and the thing is, is I don't have to be adversarial when I don't agree. Yeah. I, I've, and again, earning the right to invite, like I'm not, I've not met anybody that I would invite that I'm like, you know what? I think you're a moron. Why don't you come to my church? Yeah. Like that, like the Turner Burn guy on the corner with the bullhorn. Like, yeah. maybe you came to Jesus that way. I just, I've not met, but maybe two people in my entire life that have been converted that mm-hmm. way. Um, I know more people that have been turned off by that than turned on to Jesus by that. And, and so for me, like, I, uh, it's weird. I've got this weird, you have this ability too. And I don't know if God just wired me this way. I'm, I'm assuming he did. And Amanda, you're this way too. Like, I, I got this weird way. I can call people out on their crap in a really nice way, but I can be like, I love you. Like I, I, I do, I accept you. I just don't agree with how you're living. Yeah. You know? And they're like, well, well what do you mean? And I'm like, well, do you really want to know? Like, I don't know if you do this. People come to my office and they want to meet and they're like, I, I need your opinion on this. I need you to be honest with me. I'm like, sure. <laughs> nope, I always ask that question first. They're mm-hmm. like, no, I really want you to be honest with me. I'm like, are you sure? Cause I'm going to tell you the truth Yeah. because I love you. And you're in my office and you're asking me, are you sure? Yes. I want you to tell me the truth. And I'm like, let me preface. Do you want me to make you feel good or do you want me to tell you the truth? Mm-hmm. They're like, I need to hear the truth. And then they ask me the question and I tell them the truth. And they're like, oh, I see what you mean. And I'm like, okay, that's the truth. I can't make you accept that truth. And I, I don't agree with what you're leaning into right now, but I just love you. And I've, I don't know if anybody's told you this before, but I'm going to. Um, Jesus did that with a rich young ruler. Yeah. He was like, I think the rich young ruler wanted him to say, come on in, buddy, you're good. But Jesus was like, go sell everything you got and then come follow me. And he, yeah. he walked away dejected is what scripture says. Yeah. 
Jesus didn't chase after him and go, I'm sorry, buddy. That was too hard. I, I'm, you know what? I, let me soften that a little bit for you. Let's, let's, like, he just told him the truth in love. Yeah. But he, he accepted him. He just didn't agree with where he was at. One of the problems I'm seeing too is in church world, in my world, is going back to the lowercase king analogy. They want the king to, to make decisions, to like, like, tell me, is it right or wrong? You tell me. And, and what I've been trying to play with was recently is just say like, like, you know, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, why don't you go to Jesus? Yeah. See what like, he says. Why don't you go to the Bible and, and, and just, just, just encouraging them to find it for themselves. Like, Hey, I would, I would read, I would read like this whole thing's amazing, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, John's like my favorite, like read this thing, yeah. like check it out. I'm here. We'll talk about it. You know, process it with other people, but it's just, it's our culture wants things quick. You know, they just want to give me the answer. I don't have time. I want TikTok. And they also, again, combine that with church culture. I just want my king to tell me, or, or I want my king to tell everyone else yeah. how, how wrong something is and how we need to boycott that or not vote that way. I mean, churches are doing this on a regular basis. Of course they are. And, and I want to be like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I just, Jesus never told anyone to boycott anything. I don't, n- never seen any of that. I just see Jesus going, like, this is, this is, I just see Jesus attacking or targeting, say it that way, the, the root of the issue, the heart. Like, boycotting crap won't do jack diddly. Yeah. It, it, what it's going to do is it's just going to divide more. Jesus is like, I'm just going to join you on that side over there and just help you feel like you belong with me. Yeah. Well, honestly, the only thing that you could even come close to seeing Jesus boycotted was the, the temple. Oh, he, when he, he would, flipped tables and yeah. like, he was like, Oh, you want to do this? Yes. He was like, this is not what I'm about. I, yeah. I'm about loving people. And you're in here making, you're making a mockery out of, out of, out of me in the temple. Are you crazy? Yeah. Um, that's about that. And so the only thing he ever really, really destroyed and, and boycotted was the religious structures and systems that weren't focusing on directing people towards the hope of Jesus, which would be so many of our churches absolutely like in the in this culture absolutely like i'm telling you like what he'd be so pissed about is you've taken because what he was flipping tables in that moment was in in scripture because that was a place where gentiles were supposed to come and be able to connect with god yeah i mean literally he was pissed about that he's like you are selling making this be like like a like a souvenir shop and you're you're preventing them from coming in and connecting with God. Well, and they were they were shystering people on top of that. Yeah, and he's like, "Listen, we're done with this." I mean, and 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 so often in, in church, like today's church culture, our churches are saying no Gentiles, or which means you you no people who don't identify like without what we identify with. You mm-hmm. have to behave like us, believe like us, because that's exactly what a Gentile is. It's a non-Jewish person who does not behave and believe like a Jewish person. And, and Jesus was pissed about that. No, no, no. I'm for everyone. You yeah. need to make a space for everyone with me. And to me, that is the one agenda that would piss me off too. Any other agenda, I don't care about. I'm yeah. not going to bite. Like, like, and I have my own personal opinions on politics, on everything. I love that stuff. But when it comes to like connecting with a human being, those things divide. Well, hence what it's you divide. just said. You have your personal opinions. Yeah. And I, and I do. And I also have my personal opinions on what that means biblically. Um, yep. But there's a polarization that begins to happen where we side up. Mm-hmm. And the only side I fall on is the side of redemption and hope through Jesus. Amen, brother. It, it's just like I, I've had people tell me, you, you need to make a stand on 
pro-Israel, pro-Palestine, pro, and I'm like, I'm pro-peace. No. Yeah. Yep. I, I, go, I go back to when we were in Israel, the last day in Jaffa, and we're sitting in yep. that room. You know exactly what I'm talking totally about. Do. And the lady that looks like M from James Bond, yep. who is Israeli, and she's sitting there with a Palestinian man who they both lost their kids in the, in the, mm-hmm. long before this conflict um, in an earlier and I'll never forget. I've got the audio on my phone still. She leaned forward and she said, I need you to do something when you leave here. Don't go home and try to be pro-Israel or pro-Palestine. Be pro-peace. Mm-hmm. She, and then she said, and could you Americans stop trying to be the answer to all our problems because you have no idea what you're talking about. Um, and, and the reality is that's how I think a lot of our culture does the same thing on this side of the world. We, we side up, and Christians do this. Christians side up. And, and the world is watching. And this is what I need people to understand is the world is watching. We want to invite people in, but there's sometimes I'm like, okay, could you not invite anybody in? Because I don't want anybody to see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like you're not exemplifying Jesus. Like I, and this is how I find, I just go through your social media feed. I watch all my friends on Facebook, which I very rarely get on, but because that's, that's a weird show. Um, but I go through feed sometimes. I'm like, oh, I, if you, you're saying you love Jesus and then you're saying you love this. Like I, I, I can't, like, please don't invite anybody right now. If they're seeing this, or I want to get on and apologize to all their friends, I'm like, I know they're saying that they love Jesus and they're saying that they love our church, but I just need you to understand this does not represent what we believe as a, as a body. Um, and, I, and I think in the next year, we're going to see polarization happen even harder in an election year oh, because totally. we've made our Jesus our political candidate versus the other way around. It's like Christian I, nationalism. It, it is. And, and the reality is, is that, that Jesus is the only hope of the world. Absolutely. Jesus is the only one who saves. Jesus is the only one that brings good news and hope. Apart from Jesus, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's so, I mean, take the Christian nationalism thing, for example, too, where Christians are trying to mix with politics, and, and what they're doing there is another example of king. Mm-hmm. Right. Trying to get a king in power and politically to take care of all the things they believe in. And it's like, it sidelines the church. Yeah. It's like, church, stop trying to get a king. We yeah. have a king. Like it's in Jesus. everything. Everything they search for. Yes. Yeah. king in it. You need a king. Like you're looking the wrong direction. Just, just let Jesus be your king, and the answer is already on this planet. It's Jesus through the local church. Well, yeah. I, I love your your push into people when they come and like, hey, tell me this. Go here, I'll show you where to go read. Jesus. Jesus tell you. The gospel's a great place. I Romans, one of my favorite books on the planet. Totally. Um, and I love like right out of the gate, like Paul's like uh, you guys have cared more about worshiping what's created than the creator of the things created. Totally. Mm-hmm. Which is the church. We do that all the time. Um, and I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. Do me too. Like every day I have to go, all right, Jesus, refocus me. Yep. Um, I care about this way more than I should. I yep. care about this way more than I should. Like focus me back on you. Mm-hmm. And, and people care about our opinions. Of course. Because of our title. Of course. Once we don't have the title, no one gives a crap. You're no dude. longer on the pedestal. Exactly. Well, and that and that's just it. like actually Glenn and I've talked about that quite a bit, you know, because Glenn went from leading this place for twenty plus mm-hmm. years as lead pastor. Um in, in some regards, he's like, I love that I don't have to deal with all that anymore. Um, but there's and I've talked with other guys, like Bob Russell and I had mm-hmm. this conversation, Don Wilson and I've had this conversation, um, guys that are retiring are having this conversation right now. Oh, yeah. When you go from leading in a high capacity place in the church to mm-hmm. all of a sudden one day you wake up and like there's gonna be a day, Chris, where you and I don't do this anymore. Do I think about that often? And and can I be honest with not you? That I want it, but it's gonna happen. Well, honestly, I used to not want that. Now I'm kind of in a place where I'm like, eh. Exactly. I'm not going to change what I do from the standpoint of how I live my life day in and day out. Um, are there some things that I won't have access to anymore? Sure. Um, who cares? 
Yeah, and, and, and what do we do with the time that we have now in this role? And, and that's why I think you and I have to keep rejecting the king the yes. title. Like, we're not the king. We are we are pointing people who point people to the capital. I'm the plunger. And and also, too, like, like and I love Jeremy Jernigan. You, you know, Jeremy, he's in our group. And, and we yeah, just, he spoke here brother. last year. He's yeah. great. I mean, Jeremy, he, I love what he says, and this is so good. Like, if your theology, whatever it is, whether you've been gone to school for it or you're just making it up as you go. If your theology doesn't look and sound like Jesus, then you probably have the wrong one. Yeah. And and, and what's also you deep, deep he's I love that he says that. And go deep go a step further. How many of our how, our Christians that that are in our lives that just don't even know Jesus? Yeah. They, they just know the politics of church and the machine and they tell themselves I don't really need I just need to know that I'm saved and going to heaven. And it's like Oh, friend, please go deeper. Stop making this be about going to heaven. Start, start making this be about heaven's already come to earth. We don't need to go to heaven. Heaven's already come here. And, and heaven's trying to, who is Jesus? He's trying to teach us how to bring heaven to other people, yeah. not get them to go. It's like, and we're never going to know how to do that I, I unless think, we I think, look at him. I think Jesus said on earth yes. as it is in heaven. Yes. Like when people are like, I can't wait for eternity. I'm like, you know, it's already started, right? <laughs> yes. Like, we're, I, we're there. It, we're, it's happening. We're, on, we're on this side of it. Yeah. We're on the painful side of eternity right now mm-hmm. in this world because there's pain, there's hurt, there's disease, there's war, there's, but I, and again, this sounds like very old churchy, right? But I've read how this thing ends up. Oh, yeah. So I got all these people right now, and I'm sure you do too, that are, man, they're living in this fear of, man, we're, the end of the world's coming. I'm like, Some yeah. of them want it. Like, the, the end of the world is coming. It's been mm-hmm. coming. Like, I, and Jesus also says, we don't know the day or time. Yep. Like, it could have been yesterday. It could be today. It could be 100 years from now. Here's what I do know is this conflict that, that everybody's so up in arms about right now, and I agree, it's horrible. It it's horrific. Horrible. It's horrible. It's horrific. But if I look back at the history of the world, you know how many horrific outbreaks have been not just in that region, but globally, um, it, you know, do I think we're closer now to eternity than we were before? Yeah. I agree. Because hours have gone by. Like the, the further I get into my humanity, the, re, the more, the closer we are to Jesus returning. I am every day. Mm-hmm. Like if you go back to 1979, when I was born, like there, yes, 1979, go ahead, a man and make your joke. I, I know you are. Um, but the reality is if I go back to 79, and I, then I go to 1980. Jesus is coming closer back in 1980. Was in 1979. True. I don't know when it is. I'm, but I'm not going to live like I know, and I'm not going to live like it's not happening. I'm just going to live for the day that God's given me today. Yeah, and, and, and even even Jesus says, you know, don't focus on that on no. that, on that on that timestamp date. Like it's right now that we have this journey that we're on, this life that we have. And, and if you're out there listening to this right now, and you're a Christian, I just want to say, stop biting stop it's like picture like the enemy is dropping a hook in the pond every day of your life and and you're gonna you're tempted to bite every time whether it's by watching fox news or cnn news and think and come to your conclusions as to okay the world's all going to hell or i need to be on this side i need to be on that side and 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 make it be even political christians stop and just go what it's a simple like back when we were kids what would jesus do <laughs> and jesus would not in any way, be be tuned into to the local TV show and go, oh my gosh, and just getting sucked into the vortex of doom. Jesus would be like, all this doesn't matter. Well, all that matters it, is the people around. Absolutely. Me. And then and then if Christian, if you're going, well, Chris, I need to make you know, pick a side: Israel, Palestine, you know, Palestine, you know, gay, straight, red, blue. I, I want to say, friend, stop picking sides. 
Okay. That's, Big Jesus. That is that, that's biting that's biting the hook. And just understand that you have people in your life. You don't need to fly to Israel to change the world. You have kids in your home. You have people that you live next door to who are hurting and maybe hurting because of the specific war that we're dealing with. Yeah. But you you can be Jesus to them by just first noticing them yep. and and making them helping them not making them feel safe that they belong in your presence and then if you if you do that you are you are paving the way for them to meet Jesus absolutely in a real life-changing way who will be the one who changes their lives not Fox News not CNN hey, you know the most freeing thing I did a couple years ago I don't turn it on anymore amen I I, I I just can't because here's what I know no matter what side you fall on every side's got a bias the only non-biased news I can I can seem to get my head around is when I open scripture and I look at the life of Jesus and I go, oh, there it is. But you do what's right. You sit there and you look at the conflict and the anger and the hate in the world. And instead of being encapsulated by it and going spiraling with it, you go closer to Jesus. That's kind of the yeah. point. It's like take and the conflict. And I've not and always done anger, that. Go to the Bible every and, time. And I've not always done that. There's times where I'm like, I, that's why I finally turned it off. I'm like, yeah. I can't do this anymore. My, my dad, yeah. you've met my dad. My dad's a veteran, 80 years oh, old, man. fought in Vietnam, bled for this country. Love that man. My, my dad, who would, every day he'd call me all worked up about something he watched on the news. And I finally just said, Dad, stop watching it. Mm-hmm. And he finally stopped watching it. He said, you know what I found? I, I'm less angry. Okay, so now that's their goal. do this. Like, this is something that someone coached me and Hannah on, a, a marriage counseling. Like, it's so good. It's like, it's so, so good. Now, take this. We're going to go from Israel and Palestine to your home, Okay. How often do you do you just see yourself or hear yourself just witching and whining about whatever the situation is, whatever the relational drama is, and just like, oh, my God. And, and, and then maybe on a good day you end with, well, we should pray about this. What if you flip that? What if you caught it soon enough when you saw the whining and the subject, you know, that's making you whine or, or witch a little bit? You go, can we just stop and pray and just ask God to help us with this? Yeah. I mean, that was mind-blowing when I heard that. And, I'll, I'll and yet, so simple. So simple. And, and, I, and it doesn't mean that you're fake and religious. It means that that yeah, you, you can you know, of course vent because you're human. But then, you, but you don't just keep venting down this road of victimhood and and freaking out. And you lean more in, into the into the victory that we have in Christ. And we yeah. go, you know what? There's always going to be chaos in my home, not just in the world. But my God is still good. Yeah. And, and now I'm going to give it to Him. And why don't we just pray together and ask God to help us with our kids, yep. help us with our neighbors, help us with this health issue, our finances, help us instead of us going, well, we need to, you know, we need to, we need to witch and whine about it because that'll help. Yeah. That won't help nothing. Uh, it never does. Nothing. Uh, my man, great conversation. Um, I've loved having you on today. Yeah, this is great. Honest. Yeah. It's like ping pong with you two. I'm like, mm, well, uh, if you ever want to know what it's like at the cabin, it, it's this. We just, we sit and we talk through and then we deep, deep dive into our own lives. Um, please hey, know really good. You, you guys have an incredible church. These people oh, are amazing. I, I, amazing. I'm, I'm telling you, day. I love this place. Amazing. Um, uh, I, I've just, I pinch myself every day that I get to be here. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. Uh, Amanda, what do we have coming in the next few weeks that we need to make sure we let our people know? We have our new series coming. Yep. Two weeks. Yep. Um, this is war. Mm-hmm. This That's, is war. I can't two wait weeks. for Christmas. Uh, and then this, this, uh, following weekend, we start the, just the two week, um, gratitude and, um, worship. We got those two weeks and, uh, but this is war for Christmas. Uh, we're diving into revelation chapter 12 this year for Love Christmas. It. And, uh, so I couldn't actually, I couldn't think of a better year to, to hit this the way we're going to hit it. 
um, that Jesus what we're talking about. Jesus came at declared Jesus comes and declares war on the enemy. He's like, all right, you in? All right, great. Mm. Um, and Jesus showing up was not a peace treaty with the enemy. This was declaring war. And the enemy worked hard to take Jesus out on the way in and on the way out, and neither one worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to lean into that this Christmas. Uh, also, we've got um, New Year's Eve celebration. We're block doing a big party. block party here this year. We learned so uh, cool. we yeah. learned in Tucson last year when my family got here, if you're under the age of 21, this place shuts down at 9 p.m. You can do nothing. nothing. And I was like, my, so my girls were like, Dad, we want to do something. I'm like, we can lay in the living room. Well, even um, like kids, my son will not sleep later than 530 in the morning ever. You go to bed at midnight, 530 in the morning. So I mm-hmm. never take him anywhere. Yeah. And now we have somewhere to go. So we're going to have a, a ball drop at 10, 11 and 12. So, so cool. start yeah. the party starts at nine. And they'll uh, know no different. No different. Yeah. And we're going to have music in the courtyard. We're going to have cornhole and all sorts food of trucks. backyard games, food trucks. Uh, it's just going to be a fun night. Yeah. Bring your family out, hang out. You just do life with people, hang out and just love on people. It's going to be a blast. Um, hey, one of the things they do in Phoenix, by the way, are you doing this this year? Your big Christmas blowout at your church where oh. you guys have snow and yes, yep. They yep. literally have like snowball what? fights, like real snow. What? Drop a bunch of snow in the front yard and the, the church. It's incredible. It's that sounds community. awesome. It's so fun. Like right, I I'll love add that to our list. You should go up and do it. It's yeah. fun. We build a big slide. Kids are uh, going down it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Kids are like I mean, can adults and adults okay. too. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm adult. In. You're yeah. in. I know. You're you're very I am a child. You yep. are. It's true. You it, earlier like last week she came in like a toddler. She had food like snack packs and. <laughs> That, yeah, it was Apple fruit roll ups and juice and uh, yeah, and I was, was happy and she oh, was good. happy. Yeah, I wasn't crying. Um, so, <laughs> anything else we need to let our people know that's coming no, up? No, I think that's it. Um, Chris, I'm going to ask you to close this with this question. We asked this: If you could leave, this is your last time someone's going to hear a sound bite from you, and you could leave for the rest of the world to hear one message that you would want the world to hear. What would you want them to hear? Don't give up. Oh, that's good. Just keep. Just don't give up. There's hope because of Jesus. If, if if he can resurrect from the dead, he can resurrect the loss that you're feeling. Don't mm. give up. Man, that's good. That's like the fastest and one of the best answers we've heard I'm, I'm living on the podcast. It right now. I love it, it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, well, hey, Make Community, thank you so much for listening. Do me a favor. If you like this podcast, I need you to do me a favor. Like it share it, review it. That helps more people see it and hear it and listen to it. Um, Also share this wherever you can share it. Uh, But remember, we're going from Sunday taking to everyday making. Have a great week, y'all. We'll see you next week.